Hey, Reed Wallach, of course, a vet sided. It's a sad day is to be a Wallach. angry Nets fan. Like, I don't even care about the trade right now. No, no, out. not angry. Are you doing okay? Are you happy? Is this a good thing? Are you upset Kyrie Irving is gone out of Brooklyn? Yeah, uh, maybe it's the copium I'm taking, but I, I think I'm okay. I think that, uh, you know, we're going to be okay. And I think today showed that the Nets are still going to be aggressive at the trade deadline. I'm not at this time afraid that Kevin Durant is going to request out by the trade deadline. So I think the Nets have bought themselves some time here getting Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dimwitty. You're seeing the idea of what the Nets want to do here. They want to get bigger. They want to put switchable wings, wing-sized players around Durant. That could still be a contender. And, you know, I thought for a minute there uh, when the trade wasn't a finalized talking to Toronto, maybe it's Pascal Siakam the Nets are targeting and that they're trying to bring into Brooklyn, which to me, that is, that's the home run. That's, you know, that's uh, a number two level that in my opinion is probably more of a championship level mover than Kyrie Irving was. So, you know, it, the Nets are thinking big still, it seems like, and it didn't get done. You know, it's obviously a little deflating because I got a little excited this afternoon, but still a few days before the deadline Thursday. So, you know, we'll see where this, we'll see where the dust settles by Thursday. But ultimately, Kyrie, great player, but he had to go. I mean, you know, this was just the nth time that he sabotaged a season um, with the Nets. And ultimately, you know, it sucks, but it didn't work out. And, you know, have fun in Dallas. Do you feel like, Reed, that you, know, you look at some of the other players here uh, that requested out, right? You know, you or, or got traded. You have Rudy Gobert and all of the picks that, you know, it took to get him. You know, Donovan Mitchell, all the picks that it took to get him. Even DeJounte Murray, who's not even close to the same caliber of player as Kyrie Irving, all the picks that it takes to get him and some of the young players attached that make that deal get done, right? when you're like looking at it from this a higher level versus just we needed to unload Kyrie versus mm -hmm. you know what maybe you could have gotten with a player of caliber of Kyrie's caliber like how do you, how do you feel about just the Nets front office right now and and the moves that they're making I I think for the Kyrie situation all parties deserve blame for how that was handled how you want to you know slice up the pie is up to you and for your interpretation but to me Everyone was saying that no one's going to trade for Kyrie. No one's going to touch Kyrie. He's radioactive, and it's going to be the Lakers for Russ and two first or one first or whatever. The Nets made out pretty good here. They got two quality players. Dorian Finney-Smith, regarded as one of the best wing defenders in the league. In my eyes, Claxton, Durant, and Dorian Finney-Smith, that's the best front court defense you have in the NBA right now. So they got that. They got Spencer Din Dinwiddie, who has played in Brooklyn. We're familiar with him. You know, personality off-putting to some, but... Guy's a bucket getter. Shooting over 40% from three last year and was unbelievable in the playoffs last year in Dallas. So the Nets, you know, you lose an unreal talent in Kyrie Irving, but let's think about what they can be. I still think they're a playoff team, probably second round ceiling, you know, if Kevin Durant is going to buy into this. But I think the Nets made out pretty well for a team that apparently had no options with Kyrie. Um, yeah. You know, it seemed like he was going to hold out. I think they did all right here. They got two quality players back. And this 20, what is it, 2029 First round pick, I don't even know. It's The kid's probably like 13 years old. That's going to be worth the pick. But Luka Doncic might not be on the Mavericks when that pick comes through. I think that's a, you know, it's speculative. But if that pick is going to hit the market, the Nets then were flush with assets. And that Dallas unprotected first, looking at where this situation go with Dallas. They made a very big gamble on Kyrie Irving. 
if they're not going to commit a full max contract to him, you know, maybe he leaves for a discount with the Lakers. Then what does Dallas do? They just blew through all their assets again, and you're left with Luka alone. So maybe Luka's out on that trade ship. Again, very impactful for the Nets. So there's a vision here where I could see the Nets still being a contender this year, but we got to see where the dust settles uh, come Thursday. But right now I could see why, like, there's pause. But I I think there's still some dominoes to fall. Do you think uh, Luka and Kyrie are going to work out together? Like, what do you think the ceiling is now for the Mavs in the West? Because it's two ball-dominant guards. We kind of saw the same thing last year. Obviously, Kyrie a much better player than Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. But I just I, – I still couldn't do anything with Dallas, man. I don't know if it's going to work out. What do you think, though? Obviously, you know Kyrie a little bit better. Yeah, I, I think the reaction to Dallas in the futures market is ridiculous. I, I, I think it's out of control. Just, you know, you see where this is going to go. Listen, they're an all, they're going to be a really fun watch because there's not going to be any stops whatsoever. I mean, you know, Luke is amazing. Ky- Kyrie is an unbelievable talent, but, you know, he's still undersized. The Mavericks just gave up their best defensive player. They gave up another, you know, you upgrade Dimwitty to Kyrie. That's a great upgrade. But again, your defense is going to fall off a cliff here. So when it comes to the playoffs, they're not going to get any stops. And, I, I don't really see them as a contender in the West. I mean, it is wide open, so maybe a few injuries break their way and stuff, but I'm skeptical that this is going to work out. I think that this is a real uh, gamble by Dallas, and I don't think it's going to pay off for them. I could, you could feel the desperation. You know, I know the Nets are the desperate ones to get rid of Kyrie, but Dallas, I think, I won't say fleeced or anything like that because I could see what they were trying to do, but if you let Kyrie walk, you don't have max cap space. I believe they only have, like, in the 20s. That it's a big, big gamble by the Mavericks to make this move. And I really don't think they raised their ceiling all that much anyway. Kyrie Irving, I mean, I watched it in Brooklyn. He, he's not, his talent doesn't equal what he is as a foundational player when you're building a roster. Like we were just talking about Pascal Siakam. When you're building a championship roster, Pascal Siakam is more of a founda- foundational piece than Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a luxury add-on who's a devastating scorer that could take you over the top, but he's not someone you want to build your roster around. Reed, when I look back on the original big three that obviously included James Harden with this Nets team that was like, what, a year and a half or however long it came together, this is the biggest failure in terms of big three super team era, not in the history of the NBA, because we could talk about maybe that Lakers team that had years ago and lost to the Pistons in the finals when they had Carl Malone and Gary Payton. But if we're looking at super team era, there has been no bigger failure and no bigger disappointment than what the Nets tried to build. And then when they got the results that they had, this is what we see. How do you look back on this era that they had that's now down to just Kevin Durant? Uh, Traumatizing uh, is probably the word I would use. It's been uh, very stressful. And, you know, obviously, listen, they were so close. James Harden doesn't pull a hammy in game one of the Bucs series. Kevin Durant's shoe size is half a size. I mean, I could go through all the what-ifs with this team, and it's obviously crushing as – like such a big Nets fan, one of the few out there that really wanted to see this team thrive. And I really thought we were going to get there to watch just like Murphy's Law. Like what could go wrong did go wrong. Like literally at every turn, there was another thing and another thing. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen to Durant. I think they have at least this year to make something happen and maybe make the moves that would make him happy. Because I don't think in this case, Durant was as tied to Kyrie as it was over the summer or it appeared over the summer. So I think they have a chance to give to give Durant the team he wants to see, but it's just it, it's really sad that you know they get these all world talents and they'll never get someone better than Kevin Durant. I'm pretty certain of that. So it's crushing to see that you know they fumbled this whole thing and it's been just a hilarious uh, string of errors here. But you know 
keep the faith. We got uh, the Clippers game coming up in, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And, you know, we stay on the horse. That's why we're fans of these basketball teams. Let me ask you this, Reed, in terms of a hypothetical, because this trade mm-hmm. has been thrown out there and you're seeing, you know, the woges of the world talk about this potential. Would you want Jalen Brown in a trade? Like, would you take Jalen Brown for the Nets over Kevin Durant? No. <laughs> uh, I, I am team keep Kevin Durant as long as humanly possible. I want Kevin Durant to retire as a net if it were up to me. So that's where my head's at. I also just, I would be shocked if that happened. I, I really uh, find that hard to believe that the best team in the league, the clear best team in the league, would trade their number two guy to get Kevin Durant midseason in pursuit of a title. I just, I find that hard to believe. I really think given the the time frame here, I just don't think that a Kevin Durant trade is going to materialize that fast, especially considering they made a move to get win now players. And it seems like they're in the mix with Toronto where they're going to try and get more win now players and try and, you know, woo Kevin Durant one more time. So I think, you know, maybe in the off season, if the Celtics flame out early or something, maybe that comes back up. But for now, I just, I don't see a Kevin Durant trade materializing. And honestly, I would, uh, that would be the final blow for me if we, they give up on Durant too. So let's hope that uh, they could keep this together for a little bit longer. Yeah, I played some Nets futures. Things were looking good. Now, uh, like you said, the ceiling's probably a second-round playoff loss. So who do you like in the East now? Is it Boston for you? Is it Cleveland or maybe Milwaukee? Milwaukee's been playing a little bit better, but I think they need to make a move. Who do you like now with uh, Kyrie leaving Brooklyn? Yeah, I still think Boston is the best team, clear best team. You know, I want to see where these deadline moves go because, to me, the East is the far and away best conference or the better conference, I should say, than the Western Conference. So those are going to be the teams maybe a little bit more aggressive trying to you know get into an arms race here. And, again, the Nets are – you know, I'll, I'll keep being in the Nets horn. Uh, three first-rounders tradable, a very, very valuable one in my eyes. Um, you know, this Finney-Smith-Dimwitty window is probably closed. But, you know, the Nets are going to be big game hunting too. They're not out of the – they don't think they're out of the hunt just yet. So – Maybe they stay aggressive and they, again, like if they get Pascal Siakam, that is, they're right there and they could defend the Boston Celtics. So I wouldn't rule out uh, the Nets just yet. Obviously right now it's tough to uh, talk about that pick and talk up the Nets, but let's see where the dust settles. But to me, it's Boston uh, pretty clear in front of everyone. I still think Philly and Milwaukee have some serious concerns. Philly um, kind of their style of play. I'm very concerned about and also Milwaukee, just a ball handler short, right? I'm sorry. I know you're a Bucks guy. <laughs> no, it's okay. Talking to Reed Wallach on BetMGM tonight. Uh, you, you mentioned it a little bit in terms of the Western Conference and the Mavs. Like, I, I just don't think this puts the Mavs over the top in the West. But then again, it's so wide open that you could pull mm-hmm. goals in just about every team in that conference. Where are you on the Western Conference as a whole? What, what team do you look at now and at least have the most confidence in, even if you're not 100% confident in them? It, it, it's tough to see. It's tough to see. Yeah. I mean, I, I was talking long shots last week, and I thought Dallas actually – with Luca and, you know, Finney Smith and the defensive prowess that they could put together, you know, the style they play so slow and stuff, maybe they could be a nice long shot. I don't really see it. Now I'm off them because they got Kyrie and gave up Finney Smith in the process. New Orleans, uh, are they going to be aggressive at the deadline? Because if they are adding and Zion comes back healthy, that team could figure it out. I mean, the real concerning thing is Golden State now without Curry for a month, that's going to be like another, I think I counted today, like 12, 15 games around a month timeline. Like, that is, they are starting to play with some serious fire there. Not to mention the mileage you're going to put on everybody else around Steph, you know, off the finals run. Can they keep it up? I, I don't trust Memphis's half-court offense. Maybe it's just Denver. Uh, you know, their defense is a big concern, but they have, in my eyes, the MVP once again. Jamal Murray looks much better of late. His last few weeks have been fantastic. 
Maybe it's just Denver. I don't think it's that exciting. But um, I, uh, as you hear, uh, my dog barking. Maybe hopefully in agreement about Denver. But uh, really agrees. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's Denver. So, uh, or maybe he's pissed that I was uh, talking poorly about Memphis. But uh, I think Denver. They just have the least amount of holes, in my opinion. Yeah, let's keep over uh, keep over in the West. Is there any sleeper team that you like? Because I feel like. You know, the New Orleans Pelicans has been have been mm. everybody's darling all year. And obviously, Brandon Ingram goes down with the injury. Zion goes down with an injury. B.I. is back now playing better basketball. Like, how, how do you feel about their upside? It, yeah, to me, it's the Pelicans are probably still my, like, dark horse team just because we saw the ceiling of what they could be earlier this season with Zion and Brandon Ingram healthy. They were competing for a one seed. And, you know, Memphis now in a downswing. I'm really concerned about – you know, Dallas, I just kind of talked about with their defensive issues. The Pelicans could get healthy. They could go on another run where they go 15 and five. And in the Western Conference, that's all you need to get back into the top three. I mean, everyone struggles on the road. Uh, everyone's a mess, it feels like. There's issues every which way. So why not the Pelicans still? I mean, their price has fallen way off. Um, probably a little too far off for what we've seen with this upside. Zion's due back. I think I saw he's running now. He's practicing maybe like a week, um, you know, maybe after the All-Star break. But, you know, we're right there where I think New Orleans, this is the bottom point for them. And why can't they make a run in this wide-open Western Conference? Yeah. yeah. Reed Wallach, bet-sided. Thanks for coming on, man. Good talking to you. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see now what goes on with Kevin Durant. Because teams are definitely going to be calling. The question is, do the Nets get aggressive and try to build around him? I would at this point at least be committed to the vet, the guy that actually wants to hoop the most out of all of them anyway. So, yeah.